You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Drop something in my spirit. And is uh, content for your destiny. You need to contend for your destiny. You know what it means to contend, right? You need to fight. If you don't fight, no one is going to fight for you. There is a fight that you have to fight. Are you getting me? If you don't fight, there are certain things that will not happen in your life. There are certain things you, God ordained for you, and if you don't fight, you will not see it. One of the problems with God's people is that they don't like fighting. They're too peaceful. They're too nice. It's okay to be nice. It's okay to be peaceful. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called children of God. Right? Amen. But I want you to know that when it comes to getting the will of God done, you need to be ready to do whatever it takes to ensure that it happens. Because if you don't, nobody will do it for you. Okay? I mean, I can pray for you, but... There's an aspect that you just have to take responsibility. All right? I pray for you almost every day. Do you understand? Yeah. So, but you still have to take responsibility. You still have to take responsibility. And you need to fight. You need to contend. Contend for your destiny. Let's start by looking at the scriptures. Proverbs chapter, sorry, Psalm 139, not Proverbs. Psalm 139, you know that scripture? Verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. This is David talking. The psalmist is talking. And he is obviously referring to God, right? You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Okay? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that amazing? Fearfully and wonderfully made. I like to put it this way. When God was making you, there was a degree <laughs> of caution to ensure that you fit into exactly what he had in mind. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody else might think you were not made well. They are making a big mistake. They were not there. They were not part of the process. Do you understand? 
Yeah. You are part of God's divine design. You are His creative masterpiece. That's what Ephesians tells us. You are His handiwork. So the, 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 um, the Lord decided to put His best when He put you together. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Huh? Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. I hope your soul knows that. I hope your soul knows because if your soul doesn't know, people will confuse you. The reason why some people wake up and they say, I'm a man trapped in a woman's body, is because their soul doesn't know very well. <laughs> Are you getting my point? I wonder what it would be like if somebody did a sex change and then died. What will he tell God? You made a mistake. Hmm? All right, verse 15. It says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And look at that skillfully rough in the lowest parts of the earth. What is the lowest part of the earth? It's the womb. So there was skill involved. Alright? There was skill involved. And uh, let's read on. Okay, NLT. Alright. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Ha. Nobody was there. Unless you are a twin. <laughs> Nobody was there. Hmm? In utter seclusion. So why would you allow somebody who was not even there, he was not part of the process, he doesn't have the blueprint to now begin to ask, or to say things about you that he has nothing, I mean, he has no clue. Why would you allow the media to tell you what you're supposed to look like? Come on. <laughs> yes? Why would you allow somebody to come, walk up to you, and tell you how ugly you are? Tell them they are blind. They are blind. The fact that they can't see the beauty does not mean that you are ugly. Are you getting my point? Yeah. They say, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. That's right. God was at work. He was at work while you were in the womb. And that is, there is a reason for that. Let's, let's read the next verse. Okay. He says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. God has a book about you. All right, there's a book written about you. 
All right, maybe nobody has written a biography about you, but there's one in heaven. <laughs> there's one in heaven. There's a book about you. Did you know that? Well, if you didn't, you better know that now. There's a book about you. Come on, hit your chest. Hey, there's a book about me. Ah, yeah. So, uh, do, do you know that it's only important people that write books about? Or, I mean, people, exceptional people. Am I correct? Yeah, people that have done, like, achieved certain things. And their story is worth writing. Because it will inspire some people. Of course, it will make money for the publisher. So some publishers look around. and They, they want to look for who. They, they can write about. Well, yours is already written. Yeah. <laughs> the day is fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. So, the days, your days have been written. <laughs> There's a book about your days. There's a book about you sitting here today. All right? But guess what? The sad part is that there will be, on the last day, in the book of Revelation, we are told that the books will be open. <laughs> so we'll be judged according to what is written in the books. So what books are those? Huh? We only know about the book of life, right? Yeah, if your name is not found in the Lamb's book of life, you won't go in there. But listen, it's not only the book of life. There, there is the book. This one is also going to be open. And they'll bring it out and say, okay, let's see. Did she live according to the book? Did you ever think about that? Well, if you didn't, you better start thinking now. Start thinking because that's part of what is going to be used to judge you. Apart from your obedience to, to the great commission, the great commandment, huh? How did you live? Is it according to what is written? No, are you living according to the society? Or are you written are you living according to what is written about you in heaven? There's a book written about you and you better line up with that book. Okay? And for you to line up with that book, you need to fight some battles. Okay? It won't just happen because it's written. You have to pray. You have to fight. You have to discover it. You have to pray about it. You need to talk to God about it. You know what? I nearly would have gone a different direction in my life if I did not seek God. 
He said, no, this is not the path I have for you. This is not what is written about you. Hello? Yeah, this is not what is written about you. This is what is written about you. And it took a fight for me. <laughs> it took a fight for me to fulfill that. It took a fight. The enemy was not happy. Hmm? And some of you, because things are hard, you think you are in the wrong path. <laughs> it doesn't follow. The fact that things are hard does not mean that you are out of God's will. In fact, it might be because you are on the right path. That's why the enemy is fighting you. Amen? So you need to fight for your destiny. You need to contend. You need to wage war. Hallelujah. There are forces that have been leashed, unleashed against you to say you will not fulfill. You will not fulfill what is written in the book. Because if you did, the kingdom will advance. The enemy is going to lose some major battles. And so he doesn't want that. Okay? Let me give you some examples in the scripture. My Lord, my Lord and my God. Say, Lord, give me understanding. Hallelujah. Okay, let's, there are several instances, but let's look at one interesting one. Uh, Luke chapter 1. Okay, before reading Luke, let's look at Malachi. Malachi ends. Uh, the, the, the last book of the Old Testament. See how it ends. <laughs> it's interesting how the book of Malachi ends. Chapter 4 of Malachi. Verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Hello. I thought Elijah was gone. What is God saying here? Okay, Elijah is coming back. Uh, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Huh? Verse, verse 6. It says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Full stop. That's the end of the Old Testament. <laughs> On that note, see how it ends. Huh? God can be dramatic. I am telling you, you want to talk about drama. You can't be more dramatic than God. Hmm? He said, I'm going to send Elijah. And some people have read this and they've talked about reincarnation. That's not what he's talking about. So let's look at now Luke chapter 1. God doesn't want to strike the earth with a curse. All right? 
So because of that, he says, I'm going to send Elijah. All right? And uh, Luke chapter 1, let's read from verse 13, okay? For the sake of time, verse 13. Now, remember, Zechariah, who's the husband of Elizabeth, I mean, they were advanced in age. Elizabeth had been barren all her life. Okay, she's gone past menopause. And they, I mean, they've given up on this issue of having a baby. They were still serving the Lord, devout, faithful. Didn't quarrel with God. Didn't backslide because the prayer was not answered when they wanted it to be answered. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They still continue to be faithful, still going to church, still trusting God and saying, God, okay, fine. Even if it doesn't happen, it's all right. I'll still worship you. I'll still be faithful. Huh? So the angel comes while he's in the temple performing his rituals, right? But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name what? John. You shall call his name John. Alright? And, and you, will be, you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Your prayer is heard. This is the prayer that was prayed years ago. <laughs> Now the angel comes and says, your prayer is heard. May the angel of the Lord come to you and announce to you that your prayer has been heard. Amen. Amen. Those prayers you have been praying, things you have been trusting God for, that you have said, okay, Lord, no problem. Even if you don't do it, I'm still in good terms with you. One day he will just show up. Amen. You will have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth. Right? Look at what he says. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's destined for greatness. Right? He'll, he'll be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Shoo. Where have you heard of that? Receiving the Holy Ghost in the womb. That's what was written in the book concerning him. Yeah. From his mother's womb. Okay. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will turn many to the Lord their God. Alright? He will also go before him in the what? Spirit and power of Elijah. Can you see? Yes. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children 
and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Can you see that? What was written in Malachi is about to be fulfilled. You call him John, but he says, I will send Elijah. Is this a reincarnation of Elijah? No, it's not a reincarnation. It's the spirit. The spirit and the power of Elijah, not the person of Elijah. The spirit and the power of Elijah. Are you getting me? Yes. So this was his destiny. This was his destiny. And we know the story how Zechariah didn't believe and he's like, how is this going to happen? You know, and all of that. And he got struck and he became dumb. May God strike dumb everyone that will try to hinder your destiny. <laughs> yeah. Because Zechariah was, was going to spoil God's plans. He said, okay, you hush. After it comes to pass, you'll be able to talk. Some people need to be struck down. <laughs> so that certain things can come to pass. I'm telling you, that's a sign and a wonder. And we are living in the days of signs and wonders. If God can make the dumb to talk, he can make the one that can talk to be dumb. If he can open blind eyes, he can close the eyes that see. Hallelujah. That's my God. When it's necessary, it has to happen. Okay. So we see here that John the Baptist, his destiny was to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now, question. Did he fulfill it? Hmm? He fulfilled it. How many people say yes? How many people say no? How many people are not sure? Where are you? I didn't see some hands on. Huh? He says, hmm? He will come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And I want to say this. If you look at the life and the ministry of John the Baptist. Right? Would you say that he fulfilled the scripture? Huh? You will think he didn't. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Huh? And they're disobedient to the wisdom of the just. He preached about Christ. <laughs> hey, okay, we have some teachers in the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Well, I, I have news for you. John the Baptist 
did not fulfill it totally. Partially, yes, he did. Okay? He fulfilled the aspect of turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and bringing the disobedient to the just, but he did not demonstrate the power. He came in the spirit. He preached the message. He said, I'm the voice. I'm the voice crying in the wilderness. And he did that. He went from the wilderness. I mean, there was power that went in bringing the multitudes. He prepared the way for Jesus accurately. Make no mistake about that. But we didn't see signs and wonders. We didn't see the miraculous like Elijah. Hmm? It's part of his destiny. He could have entered into it. Hello? He could have entered into it. Nobody stopped him. I know it's debatable. It is. If he came with the spirit and the power of Elijah, that means everything Elijah did, John the Baptist had the capability to carry out. Are you getting my point? He was more comfortable with the preaching. And that he did very well. Okay? Just like today we have very eloquent preaching. Where's the power? We need power now. We need raw power to begin to manifest in our day and age. Telling you. He confronted Herod just like John the Baptist confronted um, Ahab. Do you understand? Yeah, he had what it took. Jezebel was after his life, I mean, uh, after Elijah's life. Huh? The wife of Herod was after John the Baptist's head. Can you see the similarities? Why did he not manifest something <laughs> to kill that woman? Should have been taken out like Jezebel was taken out. Do you understand my point? He could have shot the heavens like Elijah. He had the power to. Why didn't he? Hey, now you're seeing my point. Yeah. He could have just stood and said, If I am a man of God, let fire come down. I'm telling you. The people that came to arrest him, to behead him, he could have called out fire on them. He had the power to. 
It's part, it's, it's part of his destiny. It's in his book, for God's sake. And we read it. Make no mistake, he prepared the ground very well. He prepared the way very well for Jesus. But this aspect, I believe he still has to answer to the Father. <laughs> That's John the Baptist. What about you? Are you going to contend for your destiny? Or are you just going to sit down there and be nice? We need to contend. Hallelujah. You need to fight those insecurities in your heart. You need to fight that fear that's, that, that, that hinders you for, from, taking, from taking the step of obedience. From, from obeying God. You need to, to take, take on that spirit. Contend with that spirit. That thing that intimidates you. You need to face it. Are you getting my point? Yeah, there are testimonies waiting for you. Take a stand for God. Be bold for God. Advance the kingdom. Establish His will. It's amazing. God even gave His parents a template of how to raise Him. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. So do you, that is to tell you that every destiny has a manner of life. There's a manner of life that goes with your destiny. Don't, don't desire to be like everybody else. Your life does not have to be like every other person's life. If it's not a sin to them, it is to you. Hello? <laughs> we want to belong so much. We want to blend so much. That we lose out on our destiny. Say, Lord, help me. I don't want to miss my destiny. Amen. You don't want to miss it for nothing. I'm telling you, we need to, we need to be strong in our convictions. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Read verse, let's read verse 10. Um, and his disciples asked him, saying, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Right? And Jesus answered and said to them, verse 11, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already. 
And they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer in their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. Elijah has come already. The spirit and the power of Elijah has come already. And that spirit and power of Elijah was upon John the Baptist. That's why he received the Holy Ghost from, his womb, from the mother's womb. Who else did you hear of in the Bible that received the Holy Ghost like that? Why would God do that? Because God was serious about this commission that he gave um, John the Baptist. You need to fight for your destiny. You need to contend. You need to pray. I'm telling you, if you are not prayerful, you will not fulfill your destiny. That's my, my conviction. I believe that. If you don't pray, there are aspects of God's will you cannot walk in. Jesus, if he did not pray in Gethsemane, if he had just followed his feelings, he would not have gone to the cross. But that was his destiny. That's what was written about him. Am I correct? Yeah, it was written about him in Isaiah 53. He had to suffer. He had to go to the cross. But now, his feelings had taken over. Father, let this call pass over me. I don't feel like doing it. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not motivated. Some people feel that if it's God's will, you'll be motivated. You, you must be joking. Sometimes you don't have the motivation to do God's will. And that's why we have to contend. We have to pray. Hallelujah. He prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Then he says, nevertheless, not my will. But let your will be done. What is written in the book, let it be done according to what is written. Amen? Let it be according to what is written. And that, I believe, should be one of the prayers you should be praying all the time. For what is written. Lord, let my life conform to what, ha is, what has been written. What has been written about me. Let it be unto me, hallelujah, according to your word. Let it be, let it be. I know we are smart, we are intelligent people. We can just choose, we can decide what we want to do. It's okay. There's a place for that. Sometimes God puts in your heart his desires. Do you know that? Yeah, he says, it is he that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So if you, are, if you are in touch with your spirit man, you will locate your destiny there. The Bible says, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep waters. A man of understanding will draw it out. Do you understand? The word counsel there is purpose. Purpose in the heart of a man is like deep waters. It's 
deep inside. If you are not superficial and you, you, you look deep inside, you will locate it. You might not hear a voice, you might not see a vision, you might not have a dream, but if you are in touch with your spirit, man, it's already there. He put it there before you were born. He put it there before you were born, I'm telling you. So sometimes it could be, okay, it's just superficial, but no, if it is if it is from God, it will be there deep. There's nothing that will take it out. Because that's what you were born to do. Amen? He said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 8, uh, verse 5, he says, um, before you were born, he says, I, I call you to be a prophet from your mother's womb. Can you imagine that? Hmm? So, God put his counsel. So, when your mother was pregnant, God was busy not only forming you, he was putting his counsel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was putting his counsel inside. He put it inside. It's inside. And it's there for life. You can't run away from it. You can't run away from it. It might be challenging. It might require a fight. Hello? It might bring persecution. It might bring hardships. Before I formed you in the womb, who formed you? Who formed you? Alright, not your father, not your mother. It is God. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before anybody knew you, he knew you. Hallelujah. He says, before you were born, I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart. Before you were born, by goodness. He says, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. From the womb. The mother didn't know she was carrying a prophet. Hello? She just thought, I'm carrying a baby. But to God, God was seeing a prophet. God was seeing a prophet. If more mothers will pray about their children, God will speak to them. God will speak to them. I'm telling you. Even Paul, Paul also said he was, he was um, I think it's in Galatians 1, where he says he was made an apostle from his mother's womb. From his mother's womb. It is written of me to do your will. I have come. He says, behold, I've come in the volume of the books. <laughs> That's in Hebrews. It's talking, talking about the Lord. Your will, O Lord. 
yet to carry out the will of the Father. Hallelujah. If we don't fight, things will not happen. You must contend for your destiny. You must contend for your destiny. Look at, let's, give, let, let me, let, let's read this final scripture in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 13. Um, in Judges chapter 13, we see here that um, um, Manuel, uh, that's uh, before Samson was born, Hmm? An angel had appeared to his mother. Uh, verse 3. Okay, let's read verse 3. It says, or oh, I'll read verse 2. Sorry. It says, Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. Okay? She was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Alright? Now therefore please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. <laughs> Say from the womb. From the womb. Mm. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Can you see that? The angel appears and he gives instruction. You've been barren. Yes. God knows you've been barren. You've been desirous of a baby and all of that. And, and, and barrenness was not looked upon very well in those days. So the angel brings us good news to say you're going to bear a son. But these are the instructions. Make sure you don't touch any strong drink. Huh? This child is going to be a Nazarite from the womb. There's a mandate upon his life. He's going to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Okay? And of course, she was excited. She goes and tells her husband. Listen, this is what I this is the, the this is what I experienced. And of course, all right, the husband had a few questions, but the the wife had no answers to those questions. Then verse 8, Manuel prayed to the Lord and said, "Oh my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born." This man is wise. Teach us what we shall do. Not every child is the same. Stop comparing children. Not every child is the same. Alright? 
I'm trying to save time now. Um, verse 12. Now the angel comes back, all right? And Manoah said, let your words come to pass, right? What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? <laughs> Tell me, what is going to be his rule of life? What are the principles that will govern his life? How can I help him to fulfill this destiny? How can we as parents ensure that he does not miss this destiny? Are you getting the point? The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart. What will be the boy's rule of life? So in other words, every destiny has a rule of life. Stop comparing. The comparison game is not wise. The Bible says if we compare ourselves with ourselves, we are not wise. If you want to fulfill your destiny, stick to your rule of life. Am I making sense? Stick to your rule of life. Your neighbor might not be like you because their destiny is different. Samson could have said, oh, but other kids, are, you know, they are able to, to play with grapes and do this and do that. But mommy would say, mm-mm-mm. Not you. It's okay for them, but it's not okay for you. Your rule of life was, was prescribed by the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. What shall be his work? Verse 13. Let's read verse 13. Uh, so the angel of the Lord said to him, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. Be careful. So sometimes your fight, the fight for your destiny could be a fight not to be like other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the fight for your destiny could be on your knees. Sometimes the fight of your destiny could be to say yes to certain things that your flesh is rejecting. But your spirit is yearning for it. Sometimes a fight for your destiny could be to cut off from some people. I'm telling you. We need to fight to fulfill our destiny. Time will not permit me to talk to you about Moses and his destiny. We talk about Jesus and his destiny. Do you understand? To talk about Jeremiah and show you how he fought for his destiny. I'm telling you to talk about David and see how he fought for his destiny. These are people that took hold of it and were able to stick to it. And we see people who missed it, like Solomon, with all the great destiny upon him. He did not fight that 
spirit of lust. He could not fight lust. He could not resist it. Everything his eyes saw, he wanted. And his destiny was cut short because of that. Hallelujah. It's time to contend. You know, as you finish this year, finish it contending. Finish it on that note when you are contending for your destiny. Now, let me tell you, even if you've missed it, you can be realigned. If you will fight. If you will fight. If you will go on your knees. If you will go before God. If you will begin to say, Lord, whatever is written, I call into manifestation. Let everything begin to line up. Let circumstances begin to line up. Whoever is going to help me in my destiny, I call them into my life. Wherever they are, I don't care if they're in Tokyo, I call them into my life. In the name of Jesus, there are helpers of destiny that God has ordained for us. We need to call them. Come on, let's stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to call in the name of Jesus. Everyone that has been ordained to help me to fulfill my destiny. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.